What's up, everybody? Buddy. Leftovers, another edition. And we're just cranking them out this morning, so. Oh, man. Um, sorry, we're we're like going, we're moving. So let's Franking. jump, let's jump right in. Go leftovers. If you don't, if you're not familiar, leftovers is no prep, no notes. We take a topic and we address it. Today's question is: Should we find ourselves in the stories and characters of the Bible? No. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Next episode. <laughs> that joke's going to get old eventually. We just answer it and move on. Um, eventually, that's going to get old. So, uh, question is to maybe further explain. When you read the story of David and Goliath, for example, should I read about David and try to try to be more like David and try to find myself in the character of David so that I can make my life better and I can be a better Christian? Is that how we are supposed to approach the Bible and the stories of the Bible? Yeah. Are you David? That's the question. That's the question. <laughs> so there was a well-known preacher uh, who once said, you're not David. Um, if you're anybody in the story, you you are the cowering Israelites that are too afraid to fight Goliath, and it was epic. Um, yeah, you're Saul, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the evil king. Yeah. Um, so so let's talk about this because this is how many people approach the Bible. Um, it's all about feel good stories and and what's the moral of the story. I mean, this is in many ways how Sunday school is structured, right? Let's read the Bible story and let's give you a few lessons from this story and move on. But is that how we are to approach the scripture? Right. Um, there are even, uh, to continue on in really building up this question, there are even very uh, well-intentioned uh, Christian teachers who will take it to seemingly an even more noble extent by saying, okay, yeah, you're not David, but Jesus is David here. Mm. And Goliath is death and sin. And um, even if they take it to the extent of allegorizing it or making it more symbolic and saying, hey, Jesus is uh, the final type of David, which we can all agree with because Jesus was the one coming on the throne who was going to sit on the throne of David's throne forever, his descendant. Um, and, and Jesus is, is the real perfect David and Goliath is death and sin. And Jesus is going to, and has slain and defeated death and sin is, all, is that the point of the story? That's what we're trying to get at here. What's the point of the story? Why was this original story, which we would argue Samuel wrote, why is that the reason why Samuel wrote the story, the historical story that I would argue, by the way, mm -hmm. something that legitimately happened? Right. What was the point? What yeah. was the reason why? Yeah. What was the author's intent in him writing David and Goliath? Is it because he had you in mind? Is it because he had Jesus in mind? What do you think, Kenny? Well, Paul tells us why he wrote it. Okay. In First Corinthians, well, Paul tells us why the Old Testament was written, why the stories of the Old Testament were written down. First uh, Corinthians chapter ten. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction, on whom the end of the ages has come. Um, there's a lot in that verse. So these things happened. They are historical facts that happened. Mm -hmm. um, they happened to them, not not necessarily for us, but we are to learn. We are to learn from them. Yeah, uh, we are to absolutely. learn when we see David 
fight Goliath and the Israelites cower in fear, we are to learn that we should be strong and courageous in the Lord. We should trust in the Lord. We should like trust in the Lord like David did. So yeah. we're not saying don't do that. Yeah. Um, but we are saying you have to read these as historical events of Israel um, for the Old Testament and, and with David and these things that actually happen. Read them as history. Um, yes, learn from them, but it's not ultimately about you. Um, and even the point that you brought up about these stories pointing to Christ, um, I think I think there's some benefit in that, but I think there's some danger in that. Um, we can get too far into it where we're trying to find like what what does this word in Scripture say about Jesus? How in the does future? this exactly relate to Christ? Right, like, well, and not. and you know, sure, all those things you said about David or Jesus being the true and perfect David, I think can be true statements, oh, yeah. um, but they can also get us to a place to where we forget that this actually happened to David, and what was the point of us reading that story in the first place? Um, but there are, all throughout the, the Old Testament, there are shadows and types, I think, of the one who is to come, um, but David was a guy that everybody thought might be the Messiah at one point, right? Um, maybe not necessarily the Messiah, but the promised one. Ever since Genesis 3, um, the seed of the woman has been promised who was going to yeah. crush the serpent's head. Yeah. Um, and so Israel, there were people in Israel that probably wondered, is is David the one? Um, and he wasn't. Uh, right. The one who was to come would the, come from the, the line of the David. The greater but, prophet. Yeah. Anyways. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. And, and, and yes, for those who are listening and are trying to fact check us, uh, we... We, we know that verse that Kenny just brought up in 1 Corinthians is particularly talking about the Israel the Israelites wandering in the wilderness, but Kenny's point is correct. It's the same concept as what he was bringing up, is the things that happened in the Old Testament happened for our uh, education, even, yeah. uh, 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 for us to learn and to better understand. But uh, we're not them. Right. Um, we... and. You've heard me say this a lot, but it, it what we're talking about here is how do you interpret the Bible? Right. Like we're right now, basically, what we're talking about is we're we're we're, we're explaining it without just saying the word. Is we're we're talking about hey, how do we correctly interpret the Bible? We can't just sit there and say, well, I place myself within that historical setting. And I am that person because now you're allegorizing it and you're stripping it right. from any kind of real historicity and real factual yeah. settings. Like yeah. the, the, there is a real context to this. Um, I'll give you an example right here. Jeremiah 29, 11. Mm -hmm. A lot of people know this verse. It's really famous and it sounds really good. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. And that that's fantastic. That yeah. sounds incredible. Let's read verse 1 of Jeremiah chapter uh, 29. These are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders of the exiles and to the priests and the prophets and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Wait a minute. Whoa. Wait a minute. Are you saying that Jeremiah 29, 11 is not for me? <laughs> no, I'm not. Jeremiah said that. So, <laughs> so I'm saying that this book has a context. <laughs> it's got a setting. There was a legit guy, I'm saying. I'm making an argument here. That there is a legitimate guy named Jeremiah who wrote a legitimate, real letter mm -hmm. to a real group of people. Yeah. And that message in Jeremiah 29, 11 was 
designated and it was particularly for the Israelites yeah, yeah. who were sent into exile during the Babylonian captivity by Nebuchadnezzar. And that message was for them that said, hey, God has not forgotten his promises for right. Israel. Right. And so we read that and we say, while Jeremiah 29, 11 was not promised to me, I believe in this same God who is a God who is faithful to his promises, and I need to cling to him just like the people of Israel clung to him. Um, so, But you can't say, you can't pull Jeremiah 29, 11 out of its context, put it on your graduation hat and say, um, <laughs> God's going to take me to the right college and he's going to make sure I get the right career. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and we don't mean to sound... Um just rude even laughing about it because i and because i know that there are there i was that guy like what am i talking yeah, about yeah i was 100 percent this guy yeah. who quoted these verses and they were my they were my high school theme songs yeah. so like this was my legit life um but it's just not true right and it doesn't it, it can't hold water right and and when and the, the point of our podcast calford catechism is literally to teach you these things right and to be like hey guys um, how do you interpret the Bible? Yeah. Um, there is a correct way. We both argue and we both believe with, with, with all of our hearts that there is a correct, true way. And, and let me just tell you this up front to make it really simple. You, and while you read the Bible, you want to diagnose, you want to identify, you want to learn the author's intent. Yeah. That yeah. is the heart, the, the heart of the heart of the heart of all Bible interpretation. Yep. How do I know what this text is actually saying? Yeah. You want to get to know the author's intent. How would yeah. you say we get to the author's intent, Kenny? Uh, keep that question on hold for a second. It's on hold. I'm going to use an illustration here that just came to mind, because uh, again, we don't have notes here in, in the leftover. So <laughs> True. Um, using Jeremiah 29:11 in your life yeah. as, as it, it was meant for you, would it would be like going to the verse in the Gospels when Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, um, and grabbing that and saying, this is what Jesus was saying to me, right? And we wouldn't do that because right. it, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right, you know? But that was written, that was said by Jesus to Peter, yeah. just like Jeremiah 29, 11 was written from the Lord through Jeremiah to the people of Israel, okay? Yeah. Um, so same concept. You got to go to the context and figure out what's being said. Um, and then once you figure out what is said here, why is it said, then you go, how does it apply to my life? 100%. Which kind of gets to your question, Yeah, how do we interpret the Bible, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and to your point, it's a great point, is talking about like when when Jesus was referring to Judas as the, what, the son of condemnation, essentially. Perdition is the word used. Yeah, like, yeah, that ain't, thank, thank God that ain't you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, that, like I'm, I'm really happy that I'm not Judas. Well, Jesus said it was better that he would never be born. Yeah, she, Grab that out of context and apply it to your life. Yeah, right? that'd be depressing. Yeah, so, yeah. so what our argument simply is, is that there are a lot of ways to interpret the Bible, but there's one true way. And it would be any way, like, let's really relate this for a second for you guys. It's any way that you interpret any piece of literature now. Mm -hmm. um, if you, when you open up an email from one of your coworkers, there's your brain immediately puts that piece of literature into a context. Yep. You don't have to do a bunch of work in order to. Um, understand that context because we're living in the current day and age and you have a history with that person. So there's obviously not a lot of 
hard work that needs to be done to and digging to, that, that needs to be conducted to understand it. You're going to understand that this is a work setting. This is a work context. There was conversations previous to this, and and that's it. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna read it within that. So there, there's we we advocate for a historical, uh, grammatical, even literal response to the scriptures. Yep. We read things within their original uh, language, within their original grammar, which is why we talk so much about Greek and Hebrew. We read them within their original context and history, things were going on today in today's climate, and we read them literally. And yep. literally does not mean just whatever is on that page. Yep. If I were to look at Kenny and say, yo, dog, it's raining cats and dogs outside right now. He can take me literally. Right. But his literal is going to say, oh, he's just in the normal sense of the word. When we start understanding idioms, yeah. it just means it's raining hard. Yeah. So that's what we mean by literal, yep. a normal sense of the word. Yeah. So uh, we started with, are you David? And we ended with how to read the Bible, which is a good, that's yeah. a good segue. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah. Well, because it's connected. <laughs> that's, so. a, that's the point. That's the point. You can't, you don't read yourself into the story of scripture. Because that's not what the intent of the nope. author originally was. Nope. What do you think? Then then explain that. Let's conclude with that. What do you think the original author's intent was for writing the story? The the, the true historical story of David and Goliath. Of David and Goliath? Yeah. Ooh, excuse me. I'm yawning. It's early, y'all. It um, is early. <clears throat> well, uh, the, the intent of Samuel, there's probably a few things going on here, but he's, he's trying to record this history of the nation of Israel and its, and its kings, um, to be written down for generations to know. Um, and, and, and there's a part in there, whether or not Samuel fully realized what he was doing, that he was preserving, uh, the historical account of the line of the Messiah that would come. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, in a sense, David and Goliath was written to point us to Jesus. Um, in, in that sense that this is a part of the narrative that would lead us to Christ. Um, but this is the narrative of the nation of Israel. What did God do in the nation of Israel, uh, that future generations would serve the Lord just yeah. as David did. Yep. I mean, this is, this is why Samuel wrote that account. Yeah, so much of Samuel was literally written chronicling um, really much of the story of David. Yeah. Even because yeah. David was supposed to be, he was anointed as the true king after the fall of Saul. Yep. And this, once again, this was happening right in our midst as Saul was too much of a coward and David was present yeah. and he, he, he had faith and he had, yep. and he trusted in the God who would win. Yep. And back so, in that day, the kings went to battle. Uh, Saul, Saul would not battle Goliath, and so David stepped in as the true king and battled Goliath. There you go. Yeah. So it was, it, it, like, it was the history of Israel. So yeah. what's the author's intent? Go read it. There you go. Look at that. We're done. We did it. 15 minutes and nine seconds. Uh, sweet. Thanks yeah, for listening. Uh, we'll have another one soon. By the way, you can submit ideas for leftover episodes. We've got some ideas of our own, but if you want us to talk about something, send it our way, and we will do our best to get to it. This has been Kenny and... I, you know I'm not going to. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Signing off. Bye.